All right, let's begin on the Organic Gardener by saying if you're the 10th caller, we're going to give you an early holiday gift, the $25 gift certificate from Sorgles. 10th caller wins it at 412-922-1020. He's got a long list of guests coming up today, including one of our favorites, Mrs. Know-It-All. So let's get right to the host of the Organic Gardener, Doug Oster. Doug? Good morning. Good morning. In just a minute, we'll be talking to a couple of my friends that wrote... A really cool book called The Urban Garden, 101 Ways to Grow Food and Beauty in the City. But I have a few announcements before we get to them. Today, bring the kids, the pets, the crazy uncles, everybody to Han Nursery. The gardening Santa will be back. He's there from 1 to 4 p.m. today. It's fun. It's free. And there's still social distancing as Santa will be up on his sleigh and the best thing about it, besides being free, is you can take all the pictures you would like. And Santa loves pets and doing family shots. And as I said, Santa's up in that sleigh, so you don't have to worry about anything. And we have so much fun. Uh, now, last week, I went out to this thing called Dazzling Nights at the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden. And I'm telling you. Man, this thing is cool. I had never seen anything like it in my life. I made a video. I put it up on DougOster.com. You can see it in my uh, my Facebook page also. Oh, wait. No, it's not up on Facebook yet. Well, just look at DougOster.com and uh, take a look at it. But, uh, man, it's just wild stuff. You know, you, you hike outside like maybe three-quarters of a mile total, and, you know, it's there's no steep hills or anything, but just these, like, fog and moving lights and all sorts of crazy stuff and lasers where you look up in the uh, trees and it looks like there's uh, like lightning bugs up there. Oh, it's just really cool. Something to take a look at. Uh, go to also uh, pittsburghbotanicgarden.org if you want some more information or I have all the information at dougoster.com. So I uh, hope you're gardening. Uh, we, we, believe it or not, can still sneak some stuff in. I got still have... Lots of bulbs to plant. I guess I'm done with uh, vegetables and that sort of thing. But uh, I'm still could plant garlic and some bulbs. And are we set, Rob? Ready for our guests? Well, Kathy Jentz and Terry Spite are uh, teamed up to write this amazing book called The Urban Garden, 101 Ways to Grow Food and Beauty in the City. Good morning, Kathy and Terry. Thank you for getting up so early to talk about the book. Good morning. How are we doing? <sighs> I am awake, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't easy, is it? <laughs> no, it is not. But I was very much relating to you on the bulb aspect, and I was thinking, huh, I still have 100 tulips sitting outside right, waiting to go in the soil. What's the holdup? I can tell you what it is for me. I'm just a procrastinator. I, I'll see that weather forecast, and then I'll have to, I'll have to do it. Yeah, I would say ditto on the procrastination <laughs> and um, just doing so many other things that bulbs have dropped to the bottom of the list. But they're going to get to the top of the list this week. So talk about the Urban Garden. How did the book come about? Sure. Uh, this is Kathy. Uh, it's, I'll ask Terry to probably weigh in in a second. But we were approached by the book publisher, Cordo Publishing, it's Cool Springs Press, uh, with the idea of teaming together since we had know each other and we both live on one side of the Washington, D.C. beltway from each other. And 
to have a book about urban gardening, but also small space inspiration. So even though the overarching title is, you know, on urban or city living, it really applies to anybody with a small space. So what are some of the first things that you thought about when you're putting the book together for small spaces? I think uh, the biggest concern is that a lot of people think they don't have space to garden at all. So for me, I wanted to dispel some of those myths and say, you know, here are some practical ways that you can still garden, still grow beautiful things, still grow food for you or your family, and, um, you know, not have to do a ton of backbreaking work. So... Talk maybe a little bit about rooftop gardens and how to do that uh, in an easy way. Sure. Um, one of the things that Terry and I recommend in the book is grow bags. So there are lots of different ones that you can purchase. Lots of different companies make them, and they're kind of like that thick fabric, Doug. I think you've probably seen them. Oh, yeah. Similar to, you know, similar to your grocery tote bag, but a bit thicker. So you can... Um, and usually they'll have a little slit um, around the bottom or the sides for drainage. But what makes them so great is that you can fill them with soil, plant them up, and they're so much lighter uh, for rooftop gardening. And you can use them on your patio. You can use them on a balcony. But, you know, of course, most of the weight comes from soil getting saturated. Um, that's the big concern for rooftop gardening and that mm-hmm. you want to at least start off knowing that you have structural integrity enough to hold, you know, growing something that's going to be a lot of weight with soil and water. And so, and so when you're thinking about these small spaces as far as design-wise, uh, talk a little bit about that. You know, growing up, is that part of it? You know, trying to grow vertically? Oh, definitely. So we have lots of different vertical solutions in the book. And, you know, one of my favorite is to let the plant do the work and just grow vines, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's, you know, no build right there. You just have to put something that they can climb up. So that could be a trellis, a pole, a structure that's maybe already there, like a fence. And then you just play it place the plant against it and you know some vines need a little guidance might need you know to be leaned towards it or um to be tied on initially but then usually they'll take off for you so that's my favorite vertical solution is vines so what kind of vines let's talk about vines for flowers what what are some of your favorites definitely clematis Mm -hmm. that would be top of my list just because I mean, come on, beautiful. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's a variety that your listeners can Google uh, and look at some photos. It's called Taiga. Have you tried that one out, Doug? No, tell me about it. So it's T A I G A, Taiga, not like saying tiger without the R. <laughs> so <laughs> that one is purple outside and green inside, mm. and it's very filled in like it it's like more like a rosette than a lot of your open you know big clematis where you just have like huge petals but you still see all the stamens wow so that that's tiger it's it's stunning it's just gorgeous 
and well, does very well and, and pretty cold hardy. So that's that's a great thing about it. How cold hardy? I think zone five. But no, that, that we're fine. We're fine. Five, five or six. Yep. We're we're good. Well, that's pretty cool. I'm going to double check that. And also, a lot of clematis these days are being bred to be container grown. Um, so that's another reason why I recommend that vine because there are more and more small size or they're calling them patio clematis. So you could grow them in a container on a small trellis and have more, um, you know, rather than a big rangy clematis that you have to prune back every year. We are talking to Kathy Gents. She is one of the authors of The Urban Garden, 101 Ways to Grow Food and Beauty in the City. And when we come back, I think we're going to start uh, talking a little bit more about containers, Kathy, and we'll see if we can get Terry, too. We're having a little trouble getting through to Terry. So. All right. Mark your calendars for Larry and Marty's Hometown Heroes event on December 13th at Rivers Casino, presented by Goodrich and Geist. Get the good guys. This year's event features keynote speaker Susan Copen, Lifetime Achievement Awardees Bob and Marlene Tootie, and our outstanding honorees brought to you by McGuire Memorial and Levin Furniture. Tickets available now at kdkradio.com. All right, we are going to get to your gardening questions coming up in our third segment. So if you want to get in early and get a question to Doug, I highly suggest you start dialing the number now, 866-391-1020, 866-391-1020. And right back to Doug for more of The Organic Gardener on KDKA. Joined again by my friend Kathy Jens. She's one of the authors of The Urban Garden, 101 Ways to Grow Food and Beauty in the City. Good morning again, Kathy. Let's talk containers. What's your number one Hint for growing great stuff in containers. My number one hint, Doug, is to use a container mix for your soil. So it'll either mm-hmm. say potting mix or container mix. It might not even say soil on the label, shockingly. <laughs> so, <laughs> that really light, beautiful mix because containers can get so dense, right, and heavy, and you want those roots to be able to grow down and grow healthy. Oh, that's a great idea. Uh, love it. Uh, when you're thinking these small spaces, let's talk veggies. Um, mm-hmm. Any uh, ideas for, for growing vegetables in a small space? Sure. So there's, we talked about some of the small size clematis vines. There's also a lot of breeding going on for small size vegetables. So sometimes it'll say patio size or container size or just miniature or dwarf on the label when you're looking at seed packs. So check out some of those like a small eggplant that can be container grown, smaller size melons. Um, sometimes it'll say personal or pocket size, which always, you know, cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> picturing somebody walking around with their cantaloupe in their pocket for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so definitely look for some of those, you know, less rangy vine growing plants are, are, are a good choice for that. And also, you know, you want as much sun as possible for your edibles. And if, if you have a choice, Doug, if you're moving into an apartment and you can say, please put me on the south side. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably your your best bet is if you can get a you know apartment balcony walk out anything that faces south you're you're ahead of the game right there. So even for gardeners when you're looking for real estate it's location location location. Oh, especially for gardeners, Doug. Right. <laughs> and let's talk pollinators. Uh, you know that's become a, a very important subject for gardeners, but there's no reason to you know just because you have a small space not to plant for pollinators, right? 
Oh, yeah. So in the book, we talk about wildlife gardening, even in the city, and especially in the city, right? So we want to be able to support our pollinators to make sure that they can get all the sustenance they need. So definitely work in some of your native wildflowers into your containers if you can. Um, even a little patch, say, of black-eyed Susan can go a long way. And having pollinators adjacent to your edibles, that's a bonus for your edible garden as well. And how about pets? You know, when we think of that small space, mm-hmm. we've got our dogs and cats and chickens even. Uh, mm-hmm. Something we need to think mm-hmm. about, designing that pet-friendly urban garden. Yes. and I think the pandemic really showed us how much we need that outside space. And that's even true for our pets that, you know, you can take them out for their daily walk or constitutional (laughs) in their little chicken run, but really some nice sunny green space for them is a must. So we do have a chapter in the book about pet gardening in the city. All right, Kathy, exciting news. We finally got Terry on the line, the co-author of the (laughs) urban garden, a hundred ways to grow food and beauty in the city. And Terry and I have been friends for a long time. Good morning, and I'm sorry we had so much trouble getting uh, hooked up here, Terry. Maybe it's because of the cold. How are you doing, Doug? <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, we've talked to Kathy uh, about the book, the, the Urban Garden. Tell me a little bit about your inspiration for writing this. Well, because people are gardening again, and we've got new gardeners um, in the highest numbers ever. And they need to have some type of inspiration on what to do so they don't feel defeated coming out the gate. Oh, that's great. Uh, If you had one thing out of this book that you want people to really get out of it, what would it be? Um, That gardening is, is easy, that you can be unique in your own space. And even if you want privacy, because in the urban garden, we're, you know, pretty close together, you can do it, whether it's using structures, plant material, walls, it can be done. Let's talk a little bit about that, about privacy in that garden, right? What you say, you know, we're, we're right next door to each other. How about a couple ideas for having that private garden? Well, one of my favorites is uh, using curtains. Um, I saw it in in, uh, in Buffalo, and I've seen it now in my own neighborhood where the houses are close together, and you want to sit on your front porch, but you want to have some type of screening. Use curtains. Use a piece of wonderful fabric. Put it on a rod. Put it on some hooks. Let it hang. The breeze will flow through it, and you still have privacy. Plus, it adds a colorful backdrop on either side of your front porch. Um, The other thing probably would be the structures. I love uh, hardscaping in the garden. When you have an arbor, grow something on it that's fragrant. Grow something on it that might be evergreen. Whatever you do, just grow something on it. Give yourself a living screen, and it's beautiful. Terry, tell me how gardening became your thing and writing about gardening. Uh, Gardening became my thing because of my parents, Um, avid outdoors people. My dad had created a rose garden for my mom. My mom made sure we planted annuals every spring in this little strip behind the house in D.C. Um, And it, it just stuck with me. And writing about gardening, I went through a point in my life where I really wanted to share 
the joy that I found in gardening. And that's when I started writing. I was like 40 years old, and I'm not stopping anytime soon. (laughs) (laughs) The book is called The Urban Garden, 101 Ways to Grow Food and Beauty in the City. What's the best way, guys, for people to get a copy of this book? Let's see. Amazon still has it, but ask for it at your local uh, small bookstore. Independent bookstores are awesome. Ask for it. And, mm-hmm. and Kathy, when you were putting this book together with Terry, what did you hope that uh, people get out of it, of reading the book? I was hoping that they would be inspired to take on new growing techniques and to try something out that they might not have before. And of course, for beginners to get started, you know, we wanted to have some beautiful photos, some gorgeous ideas and relatable ideas, not like high in the sky. You're, you're going to need a million dollar starting budget, of course. Well, Kathy and Terry, thanks for getting up so early. Terry, I wish we had more time with you. I will see you both. I hope in Baltimore at uh, our annual uh, <laughs> uh, Mance convention, uh, mm-hmm. all, all about gardening. And uh, thanks again for getting up so early. And the book is called The Urban Garden, 101 Ways to Grow Food and Beauty in the City. Thanks, guys. Thank you. are welcome. Now it's time for you to go to work and actually use your knowledge with the listeners and see if you can answer some of these questions on this Sunday morning, the first uh, Sunday edition in the month of December for Doug. So if you have a question, some indoor gardening, maybe thinking of taking care of that Christmas cactus already or that poinsettia for the holiday season, he is your guy. That number to dial is 866-391-1020, 866-391-1020. We've got our second giveaway to be uh, given away in just about 10 minutes from Janoski's, in which they are getting ready for another day of their Christmas open house coming up shortly at the farm in Clinton. So lots to do before we are done today at one o'clock, just underway. Rob Pratt, your Pratt pack for a Sunday. So what you need to do is if you have a gardening question, this is your time Right now, the phone in at 866-391-1020. Also still to come, Denise Schreiber, Mrs. Know-It-All, is going to be here as well. And Rob Taylor has a look at that news coming up in just a couple of moments at the bottom of the hour. The Organic Gardener with Doug Oster continues on KDKA 100.1 FM AM 1020 in just a couple of minutes. So here is the deal. If you have a question for Doug, call us right now. 866-391-1020. Only going to have one segment with your calls because Mrs. Know-It-All is waiting in the wings. But also, if you're the 10th caller, you'll win a $25 gift certificate uh, to Janoski's in Clinton, where they're getting ready for day two of their Christmas open house. It starts at 10 a.m. this morning. Always a great time to be had by one and all. So if you're looking for something a little different and exciting to do, get out to the farm, meet Santa, and have a good time. But the 10th caller wins that $25 gift certificate, 412-922-1020. Here is Della up first for Doug Oster on KDKA. Hi, Della. Hi, good morning. Listen, I was wondering if it's too late to to repot my hibiscus. I brought it in. It's um it what it is is it's crooked. It's like drooping to mm. the to the side. Not drooping, but you know, it's it's shifted in the pot. It's the and, leaning um, leaning tower of hibiscus. It's leaning. It is the leaning tower of hibiscus and it's been blooming since I brought it in. And um, it looks pretty good. So I just, I didn't want to screw anything up. And I thought, is this, is this okay to, do I just leave it? Do I put something in there to kind of straighten it up? Yeah, if it was, if it was me and it was still blooming, I would want to let it go through that bloom stage because it's, it's not going to bloom forever. It's, you know, as the light diminishes by bringing it in, Uh 
it's going to probably drop some leaves and kind of look a little tired at first. And that's when I would do my repotting on it. Um, how, what, what, how far is it leaning? Is it like driving you nuts? It's just, yes, it annoys me to look at it. All right. <laughs> you, <laughs> even, even, even though it's, even though it's blooming, you could kind of probably just kind of gently pull it out of its container and just kind of shift it so that it's going straight up and maybe add a little bit of planting mix around the edges. Give it, give it some water if it's dry and then you'll, mm-hmm. I think you'll be, you'll be fine. You know, it's it's a been, it's a pretty tough plant, and uh, the only thing we don't want to do is we don't want to negatively affect those blooms because you know you got to enjoy those flowers. Oh, they're beautiful! It just and it amazes me to just you know see them blooming still, and um, so I'm really enjoying it. Also, um, do you? I, I see there's a couple leaves on there that um, are kind of spotted, and I think it came in that. I think I brought it in that way, and I was. I didn't take anything off. I guess it's not a good time, or should I ever give it a little haircut? Like take those off, or yeah, if you got any. If you have any foliage that's starting to, you know, change color or dry mm-hmm. up or that sort of thing, yeah, you, you could just you can just pick that off, no problem. Like I said, it's it's probably going to start dropping leaves on its own here just because of the change of light from indoors to outdoors. Oh, okay. Or from outdoors okay. to indoors. Uh, so enjoy those flowers. You, you can Thank you. manually straighten that up just by pulling it out of the pot. Thank you. Okay. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. So can indoor uh, planting, you know, especially the little seedlings, can that kind of satisfy a gardener's desire this time of year? Well, definitely. I, I always tell people in winter, microgreens are a great idea, and it's so easy. All microgreens means it's just an extra packet of seeds, and you Things like radishes, sunflowers, beans, peas, kale, cabbage, all that stuff. Uh, that's just the the, uh, the beginning of it. But all you're doing is you're putting in uh, some seeds into some moist soil, covering it with some clear plastic. You're just letting them sprout and grow for maybe a week tops. I like radishes are the easiest one to start with. And you could eat the whole thing from top to bottom. Uh, it's 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 easy to do. It's it's fresh, wonderful flavor, and it's also a great project for kids and grandkids uh, because it's so easy. And like that's why I like radishes for kids because they sprout so quick, and you, you know, in a couple days, you've got something that people can can eat. And so microgreens, you know, all winter long, we'll be talking about microgreens probably all winter long, just because. Uh, they are just so easy to grow, and 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 you start experimenting with these different varieties of, of things. Uh, well, herbs are another great one. Like like uh, if you had an extra packet of like basil seeds or something, and you just you just you're only picking them when they're before they get their true leaves. They're just you, so you don't need any special lights or anything. It's just be on the windowsill. They sprout, you cut them off or you pull them and you rinse them off and you throw them in a salad or into a recipe and it's just absolutely wonderful. Now, just a reminder that uh, today the Gardening Santa will be at Han Nursery. Bring kids, pets, Crazy Uncle Joe, everybody. It's free. You get your pictures taken. We have a lot of fun. It's beautiful. Uh, Santa's up on this really nice, uh, uh, nice uh, sleigh. I couldn't come up with the word sleigh, Rob. Do you realize what's just happened here? A bunch of nieces and nephews. If somebody by the way was listening to your show happens to be an uncle and they get a call, say, Uncle Joe, what are you doing later today? <laughs> you want to go with us out to the I want to go to yeah. see Santa and get a tree. 
they won't say crazy Uncle Joe. They'll no. just say Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe. He Today, did. from right. 1 to 4 at Han Nursery, Santa's going to be there. And pets have become a big deal. Uh, it's hard for people to get a shot of their pet with Santa, but Santa loves dogs and cats and birds and fish, whatever you want to bring today, one to four at Han Nursery. And um, just a reminder also, I've got a second trip to uh, Tuscany coming up next October. The first trip is sold out. Uh, my travel company wants to keep me in Italy, and then you fly to me. Uh, the first group will fly together, and then we'll fly back together, the second group. Uh, but it's a, it's my finally being able to put together this off-the-beaten-path Italy. We will see some bigger cities. We'll see Florence and uh, Pisa. I've never seen the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Uh, we talked about the Leaning Tower of Hibiscus, but I think the Leaning Tower of Pisa might be a little bit more classic. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and then lots of other hill towns and learning how to cook Italian. All that information is at dougoster.com, and I'd love for you to come along. We're going to have a lot of fun. Italy, there's just there's no place like it. And in case you're coming in for this off-the-beaten-path Tuscany trip, but you've never been to Italy and you want to see Rome, uh, you can get an optional three-day extension to go down and see Rome first. So I'd love to see you there. Uh, and then also, I just posted this video of this thing called Dazzling Nights uh, at the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden. I'm telling you, Rob, it's like nothing you've ever seen. It's so creative. There's music playing. There's moving lights. There's lasers. There's this beautiful tunnel to go through. Video is like two minutes long. Check it out. And I'm use, I use the music from Dazzling Nights. And if you've never been out to the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden, not near Settlers Cabin Park, this is a chance to get out there, see where it is. And then when you get, because when you get to the season, they got a bunch of great gardens. It's been a long time coming, and it's a cool place. And, like again, this Dazzling Nights is like something you've never seen before. Uh, this is also a great time to take a look out in the garden. You've got some time. And it's funny, Kathy and I were talking about, uh, you know, our <laughs> hundreds of bulbs yet to plant. She has 100 tulips to plant, and uh, I have hundreds of daffodils yet to plant. Uh, but this is the time to that you have some just downtime to look around at the bones of the garden to plan. One of the parts of gardening that I love is the planning. You know, soon, next month, maybe even this month, we'll start to get some seed catalogs coming in and uh, all the new introductions will be in there. That that Mance thing that I talked about with Kathy, uh, about Ann Terry, about going to Baltimore, that is this annual trade show that I go to every January uh, and all the new stuff is introduced. It's it's fun. And as I said, go out, look around the garden, look at the bones of the garden, and um, just do a little bit of planning. All right, let's say hi to Cindy. we got a couple minutes before the break. Cindy, you're on KDKA. Good morning. Hey, good morning. That was fast. Um, hey, I had a problem. I planted morning glory, and now I'm so sorry I did. It's <laughs> spread everywhere where I didn't want it to, and every year I think I've conquered it, and I didn't. What is the secret? Well, you, I don't you, could never, a lot. you could never let it go to seed. If you can't stand morning glories and they've taken over, you have to first start in the spring, is recognize what they look like, uh, actually early summer, uh, recognize what they look like when they come up, remove as many as you can at that point, and then you know, you want to see the flowers if it does come up. Uh, and then as soon as it's done flowering, don't let it go to seed. 
Uh, well, it's funny because I don't. I that's my issue. I don't see it sparring that much. It really doesn't. But I guess the vines are underneath and it's trailing under the soil. I'm not sure, but I don't have a lot of flowers. So I'd hurry up and pluck them, you know. But it's like they just keep coming everywhere. But so morning, morning glory is actually bloom best in kind of average or below average soil. Uh, okay. When the soil's real good. They'll grow lots of green, 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 but not as many flowers. Uh, just, yeah. just keep after it, and 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 whatever you see, it remove it, and you'll win the battle. All right, coming up, Mr. Noono after the news with Rob Taylor at eight. It's holiday party appetizers on the Coons Cooking Hour. All still to come today on KDKA. Good morning. You know, a lot of snooze alarms today, so we're trying to track down Mrs. <laughs> Know-It-All, too. You're really putting me to work this hour, but hopefully we'll get her on the air before we do. Mrs. Know-It-All, if you're, if you're listening, I sent you a text. <laughs> but you are going to be uh, with that other guy today by the name of Santa, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Santa's going to be down at uh, Han Nursery today from 1 to 4 p.m. Bring your pets, bring How your kids. How are these pets with you? Do they, like, take them out of their, like, little I posted a picture cases? on Facebook this morning where uh, sometimes they're they're like a little kid. They're scared of Santa sometimes. Well, you know what it is? It's the garlic because they have that sense of smell about them. <laughs> That's why they have me up on the uh, downwind on the sleigh. Yeah, right. so that they, I mean that they have Santa up on the sleigh. You know what? Though? I really learned to grow to love garlic. Not to mean that I don't love you, but I actually love the whole idea of garlic on food. Okay, she's ready to go. All right, time for Denise Schreiber. That's Mrs. Know It All, our horticulturist. We're talking all about live Christmas trees. First question we have, Denise, is. Is a live tree okay for cats and other pets? Yeah, a live tree is fine. You know, um, I've had live trees. I have artificial trees now because my trees have been up for two weeks. <laughs> you know, maybe a little kitten, but my cats look at it. They don't bother the ornaments. Uh, our friend Sandy has two cats. They don't bother her trees. She always has a live tree. So I think it's more they go after the water that's in uh, the pan for live trees. So you always want to keep that protected, you know, cover it up with, you know, some plastic or whatever you have. So when you're thinking types of trees, what comes to mind for you? Okay. So I know one of the most popular ones you see at these tree uh, tree stands are... uh, Oh, God. <laughs> Blue spruce. Sorry. Went out of the brain yeah. there, huh? It, it went, went out of the brain. Now, I'm not the only one that can't come up with uh, simple names and topics. We were, <laughs> we were having phone issues again with me, too. Yeah. Not only Terry, me, too. And, you know, while it's really pretty and it's blue and the branches are nice and stiff, you know, if you go to hang your ornaments in there, you're going to come away bloody pretty much, <laughs> you know. Um, Douglas fir are nice. You don't see them too often, and they're more open, and the branches are a little bouncy is the best way to put it. There's white pine, which is the needles are soft. It's beautiful. They're usually sheared, so they're tight. As long as you're not hanging a lot of heavy ornaments on them, they're fine. They have that fragrance that you want, uh, you know, for Christmas. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it smells like a Christmas tree. But one of the best trees... I have is actually a Fraser fir because the branches are very upright. They're stiff enough. You're not going to, you know, come away bleeding 
from decorating your tree and they hold their needles a lot longer. So when you go to the tree farm and you get it home, you do what my Aunt Margie did. She used to put it out on the back porch. She would take her hose, hose it off so you got rid of any dirt, any little friends that might be <laughs> hiding in there, like you know, spider centipedes, and bring squirrels. it in. That really, you know, squirrels, yeah, as long as it's not a raccoon or something bigger <laughs> like that. And then make a fresh cut on your tree and then put it in your solution. You can buy those solutions. I don't recommend using, what is it, the aspirin and bleach and water. Mm-hmm. Skip that. You know, just do that. And, you know, the tree should last, you know, past Christmas. You know, I know people take the tree down the next day and it's out, out the door. But some people like to get it through uh, Orthodox Christmas as well. So I would go with the Fraser fir as the tree to have in the house. And I have a I have a saying I came across the other day. It doesn't matter how tall your tree is. Children always think it's a 30-foot tree, which is good. <laughs> but it, no, it's about Christmas is for kids. You know, if you think about it, you know, the joy that they see the next morning with the tree and the presents. And so, you know, things are always bigger when we're little kids. But I thought that was a really good quote. That is a great one. Thank you, Mrs. Know-it-all. As always, I'm answering questions after the show at DougOster.com. You can learn more about my off-the-beaten-path Tuscany trip and come out and see Santa today at Han Nursery from 1 to 4. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. So what will Santa be snacking on later today out there? Oh, they'll have hot chocolate and uh, some cookies, I'm cookies, sure. peppermint sticks, that sort of thing. You know, don't you dare miss it. Always a good time to be had by one and all when Santa is out enjoying the holiday season. All right, Doug, great job. Talk to you next week. In the meantime, stay tuned. We've got the Dentisi family lined up for some holiday party appetizers on the Coons Cooking. After Rob Taylor checks that news at eight, Rob Pratt Sunday, KDKA Radio. Good morning.